Good day, friends. This is Ray Kozak, and you're listening to Jesus in the Center One Year Bible Podcast. Today is day number 39 of the One Year Bible. Happens to be the recordings or the, the readings for February 8th, and it is not February 8th. It is it is a date that is past there, uh, at least one day past February 8th. That's okay. As I'm a day behind, maybe you are too. It doesn't matter. The point is keep hearing and growing, reading God's Word, and grow in faith. I'm going to try to get caught up with the podcast. I've already said that once this week, so we'll see what happens. Today, our reflections come from just two chapters, Exodus 28 and Matthew chapter 25. In Exodus, we've heard about the the tabernacle being built and, and furnished, or the plan for it that God is giving Moses on the mountain. And if you go back to chapter 25, verse 40, it says this, and God says to Moses, See that you make them, that is the tabernacle and everything in it, after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. In other words, what what is in heaven, this thing, this this holy place in heaven, the tabernacle in heaven, the dwelling place of God, Moses, you are to build that on earth. Now, it's just a, a model. It is a type. It is a foreshadowing of that which is truly in heaven. But yet God has chosen to come down, and he will come down in this tabernacle. So we've talked about the the holy place, the most holy place. There's the, um, the the courtyard with the walls around it, and all this will be able to be picked up and moved. Then we get to the priests, the what they will wear. So that's what chapter 28 is, the priest's garments. And I like to, this kind of, you can kind of zone out in this, except unless you like step back and think, okay, this is the model for that which is in heaven. And as we read, especially in the book of Hebrews, there is a priest in heaven and that is our Lord Jesus, who, who comes from a different line of priests, we could say, and this is mysterious. He doesn't come from, in, in Israel, you had to be from the tribe of Levi, a Levite. And Aaron and Moses are both from that tribe, and so they are priests. Aaron will be the chief priest, the, the head priest. Any priest in the future had to come from the tribe of Levi. Jesus is not from the tribe of Levi. He's from the tribe of Judah. How could Jesus be a, a priest? Well, he comes from a different line. I mean, he is the ultimate priest in heaven who has come down to earth to tabernacle with us. He comes from that mysterious line of priests known as the line of Melchizedek. That's mysterious. Remember reading about him. The author to the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, picks this up later. So we'll come back to that. But as you're reading this about the clothing of the priests, you can zone out and think, well, that was way back then. Unless you step back and say, this is the pattern of the priest, the priest in heaven. And of course, there's a great contrast between the priests on earth and the priest in heaven. But a few things that stand out to me is that this priest has the garments, it says, is to be, they are to be a holy garments. They are to be uh, worn for glory and beauty. And this describes our Lord Jesus. He is holy. He uh, he has glory and he has beauty. We we see this especially when we come to our reading in Matthew today that the king, is, the king, the son of God, the son of man is is full of glory. So here, this uh, the the priests are to have garments that are glorious and beautiful, and also to protect them because the the place they go into, the holy place, the most holy place, of course, it's holy, and they need a holy a holy garments to be prepared for it. Okay, they're sons of, of Aaron, and they will be uh, clothed and anointed and, and consecrated. 
and they don't all have a great future. Like Nadab and Abihu, we see they're two of, of Aaron's sons. They will later kind of do their own thing in the, the tent of meeting. They will die. The Lord will put them to the death when they author when they offer up what's called unauthorized fire. We'll get to that in, in Leviticus chapter 10. But what they're doing is serious. And so they have to prepare themselves with the, the proper clothing and uh, with with the proper hearts set apart to do what the Lord says. There's different garments. One is called an ephod. It's basically a, a vest that they will put on and it's blue and it has uh, four rows of stones. There will be three, 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 and three, and they'll have the names of the tribe of Levi. And there's also this, uh, like a shoulder harness or, or, or almost like a yoke. And there'll be two onyx stones and those are probably black, but there's all kinds of colors. And they'll be on each shoulder of the priest, uh, one stone on one shoulder, one stone on another. And that those two stones, probably larger, those will each have six of the names of Israel, Israel's sons on, on, the, on the shoulders as well. And then we see that the, the priest will have this nameplate uh, that says, Holy to the Lord on his forehead. And interesting, th- those are the words that, that he will bear going into the holy place. It's the, the names of the sons of, of Israel and holy to the Lord. And why is this? Because he, he is going to pray for the people. He is going to make sacrifices and offerings for the people. He will be the, the mediator. That's a hard word to say, especially this morning. He will be the mediator between men and God. And he will bear their names before God. And interesting, thinking about this, this, this comes in three places, the shoulders, the, the heart, and the forehead. You know, so uh, heart, soul, mind, I don't know, something like that, 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 that the priest will, will bear us before the Lord. And, and stepping back and thinking, this is what the Lord does. The Lord bears us. He has our names on his shoulders. He has our names on, on his breastplate. Right. Normally we think of a breastplate in this context would be like getting ready for battle. You put this on so that, you know, you don't get speared through the chest. Well, in the same way, the priest, in, in a sense, goes into spiritual battle and he takes our names for the Lord. When I step back and think about our Lord Jesus bearing us before God in heaven, it's, it's a beautiful reminder. All right, so let's flip over to Matthew chapter 25. Jesus has told two parables in this, this chapter already, the parable of the ten virgins or the ten maidens. And he says there, be ready for my return. Don't give up when you think it's a long time. And then he talks about the the parable of the talents. Here he says, while you are waiting, I've gone on a journey. While I'm gone, I entrust you with a great treasure. Use it. And and so we can see um, from, from those two parables, Jesus is talking about telling his disciples how to live. Be ready, be active. And now he's going to then fill us in about the very end, the separation of the sheep and the goats. And this, this parable, even if you've never read the parable per se or heard it, you know at least about it. You've heard about the sheep and the goats. It's a, it's a line in American culture. You just know it. Uh, so this very famous, you also probably know the line that says, uh, as, as, as much as you did it to the least of these, you've done it to me. He uses sheep and goats, not because one is good and one is bad per se in, in the culture of his time, but because it's very obvious. If you're a, a shepherd, you know the difference between a sheep and a goat. It's 
it's clear. And so Jesus is saying it will be very clear in the end. And so he wants to give encouragement about the result of trusting in him. And so he, he doesn't pull any punches. And he says this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. The disciples know that he is king, that he is the Son of God, that, he's, that he is God's Son. And now they're getting just this very clear teaching that he will come in glory and his angels, right? Who has angels? Well, the Son of Man does. When he comes with his angels, then he will sit on his glorious throne. And then it says, and he says that before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate one from another. Right? So it will be, be sheep on one side and goats on the other and the one on his right, he'll say, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's an important word, inherit. The way that we sometimes read this parable now is more like, I've earned it. I've, I've done enough good works. In fact, my whole life has been oriented around helping the poor. So I have earned my spot in heaven. I've proven that I'm, I'm worthy to be in heaven. Well, here Jesus doesn't say that. He says, come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. I don't think you earn an inheritance. Of course not. Well, he goes on and he tells those on his right, that these sheep, uh, he tells them that when I was hungry, you gave me food, thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to me. And then the righteous, right, those who are blessed, those who inherit, will answer him saying, Lord, when when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, well, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. In the history of the church, this has been interpreted in two ways. Uh, one main way from, I guess, AD 33, that where Jesus is teaching this until uh, maybe 1870, 1900, somewhere in there. It has been interpreted that this, doing this to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. The, the, the answer to the question, who are these, who are the least of these, my brothers? The, the question has been answered, my brothers are those messengers, those apostles, those disciples, those who brought the gospel to me. And Jesus will will say that those who received you will receive me. And so those who have received the brothers, that is the apostles, the message of, of the preachers, the message of the gospel, as much as they received that message, they are, they are blessed, they inherit the kingdom, and of course they are going to respond uh, by with hospitality, welcoming those who bring the message. They'll visit them in prison. They will uh, give them clothing when they are stripped of their clothing. They will visit them when they are sick and so on. It's since 1900 or maybe since 1870, this has been interpreted in another way. And it's part of the, the history of America where there were many good, good deeds that needed it done, in, especially in our cities. And so the message got turned from the gospel to what we might say the social gospel. The focus instead of, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And from that will flow these good works. The focus changed to do good works because Jesus said uh, to truly uh, love him is to love 
every every person in need. And of course, that is true, but that's not what this text is saying. We, we ought to love our neighbors. We ought to uh, welcome and take care of the poor and needy. Yes, let's devote our lives for that. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying you get to heaven based on whether or not you gave your life to the poor. He's saying you get to heaven based on whether or not you receive the message. And if you receive the message, you receive the messengers. And so there are those who don't receive it as well in this passage. They are the goats. They are separated on the left. They are cursed. Rather than getting a good word, that's what blessing means, they receive a bad word. They are cursed and into the fire uh, prepared for the devil and for his angels. Now, notice it's not God's will that any perish. We know that from all over Scripture, including here. Hell was not made for, for those who might end up there. It was made for the devil and his angels. It's not God's will. It is not God's will. It's not prepared for them. It's prepared for the devil and his angels. And the message has come that uh, there's a kingdom that you can inherit. Receive it. Receive the messengers. That's what this text is saying. Well, you may or may not agree with me, um, but there's much to to ponder on here. We get to learn who Jesus is, um, that he is the Son of Man, that he is the King, and that he is the Lord. Those are the names that Jesus gives to himself in this passage. Christ will come in his glory. That's one quick thing. Another thing is that the gospel, the good news comes through fellow believers, through the brothers. The brothers are those who bring the message. And Christ goes with the messengers. He will go with us. He will go with those we send uh, to bring the gospel to to even more people. So yeah, we ought to love our neighbors. Let's do it. Um, But let's also receive those who bring the good news to us. All right, well, lots to ponder there. Just a couple of verses from Psalm 31, beginning in verse 12. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery, for I hear many whispering terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life, but I trust in you, Jesus Christ. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Well, we didn't mention this, but our reading also goes just a little bit into Matthew 26. And we see there that the this psalm is fulfilled. There are many who conspire against Jesus Christ to plot against his life. We'll read and contemplate more on that tomorrow. All right, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.